Hi, and welcome to the Part 3 with me podcast. The show that helps Part 3 architecture students jumpstart into their careers as qualified architects. I am your host, Maria Scudari. And this week, we will be talking about the community infrastructure levy. I touched on this requirement slightly in the previous two episodes, and because it's quite a significant part of the planning application process, I thought it would be beneficial to dedicate an episode to run through what the community infrastructure levy is, why it's needed, when it's needed, and what happens if you don't fill in the necessary paperwork and provide the required and correct fee payment. So what is the community infrastructure levy? It's also commonly referred to as SIL. And what's needed for it is that it's a planning charge. So it's tied to planning permissions. And it was introduced by the Planning Act in 2008. It's used by uh, local authorities as a tool in England and Wales to help deliver infrastructure to support the development of their local area. So SIL came into force in April 2010 through the Community Infrastructure Levy Regulations 2010. Some changes were made to these regulations in 2019 and they came into force in September of 2019. Uh, Not all local authorities though have enforced SIL So it would be beneficial to check before starting to develop the project if SIL is applicable to your application or not. So when does it apply? Uh, If your local authority has adopted um, and charges SIL, uh, when you're applying for a planning application, you will be expected to fill in the necessary forms for for the SIL charge. Now, most developments which create new or additional net floor space of 100 square meters or more, or creating new dwelling, are potentially liable for the levy charge. Now, some developments may be eligible for exemption from SIL, such as annexes and house extensions, and houses and flats which are built by self-builders. Now, how much does it cost and how is SIL determined? In terms of the charge collection in England, specifically, the collecting authority collects the charge, which in most cases is the charging authority, which is the local planning authority. In London, however, the boroughs collect the levy on behalf of the mayor, uh, and the county councils collect the levy charged by the district council for developments the local county gives consent for. Now, the charging authority sets out the levy rates in a charging schedule on their respective websites, and they set out what types of developments are liable for the levy and the relevant rates for these developments. The levy is charged usually by square meter of the floor space. To assist the charging authorities to determine if a charge is due and the amount of charge of the application, they would typically request additional information from applicants And this is typically done by providing additional details of the development using uh, what's known as SIL Form 1 to be submitted alongside the planning application. Once the planning permission is granted, then the collecting authority will issue the applicant with a levy liability notice 
and then the applicant should then assume the liability to pay the levy before development starts by sending a completed assumption of liability form, which is seal form 2, to the collecting authority. Then if the liable party um, wishes to withdraw or transfer the liability to someone else, they have to either complete seal form 3, which is to withdraw it, or seal form 4, to transfer the liability and send it to the collecting authority. Then the levy charge becomes due when the development starts on site and a commencement notice must be given to the collecting authority by completing and submitting seal form 6. Then the collecting authority will send a demand notice to the person that assumes the liability to remind them of how much they owe and by when. So sealed development commencement under a general notice is also liable to pay seal. A general consent also includes a permitted development. And if the development is intended to commence under general consent, then you need to fill in seal form 5 for notice of chargeable development. And this will need to be submitted to the local planning authority before the development work starts. The only exemption to submit seal form 5 is if the development is less than 100 square metres of net additional internal area. Um, all these forms that I just mentioned can be found on the planning portal website and I've also included um, a link in the episode notes. Now to find out how much the applicant will need to pay for the charges under seal, they will need to be able to find the charging schedule on the local authority's website. The developments which are usually exempt from paying these charges include um, minor developments, which is a development with a gross internal area of less than 100 square metres, unless it, this consists of one or more dwellings and it doesn't meet the self-build criteria. Another type of development which is exempt is residential annexes and extensions, given it's the person's principal residence, uh, when it comes to the annex, to make sure that that's built within the curtilage of the principal residence and it comprises of one new dwelling. And if it's under the extension, the extension enlarges the principal resident and it doesn't create an additional dwelling. To apply for the extension, the applicant needs to um, use seal form 8 for an annex and seal form 9 for an extension before the development starts. If the annex is let or sold separately to the main dwelling within the three-year clawback period, then the exemption will be withdrawn. Uh, the next development which exemption applies to is self-build houses and flats which are built by self-builders and the individuals must own the property and occupy it as their principal residence for a minimum of three years after work is completed. Uh, to be eligible for the exemption, the applicant needs to um, apply using seal form seven for self-bid exemption part one and to uh, fill this in and, and submit it before work starts. And then using seal form seven part two um, they need to submit this when the development finishes. Uh, the next development type is social housing and 
to meet the relief criteria, uh, it needs to follow the regulations set out in Regulation 49 to 49A within the SEAL regulations. And exemption in this instance needs to be applied using SEAL Form 10 for social housing relief and obtained before work start. Uh, the next type of development is for charitable developments that meet the relief criteria set out in regulations 43 to 48 within the SEAL regulations, which consists of the applicant being a charitable institution, own a material interest in the relevant land, and not own this interest jointly with a person who is not a charitable institution. Then to apply for the exemption, they need to fill in SEAL Form 10 and submit this before work starts. Uh, the next um, form of exemption is for exceptional circumstances using SEAL Form 11, which can be submitted for um, relief claim. Exceptional circumstances are typically where a person can't afford to pay the levy and the charging authority provides the relief um, if they deem that the levy would have an unacceptable impact on the viability of a really good development. And then lastly, where a development um, received either social housing or charitable development relief, and they intend to make changes um, to that um, permission, then uh, they will need to submit SEAL Form 12 to extend um, that exemption. Now, if the applicant believes that they qualify for relief or an exemption, they should definitely speak to the local authority and seek their agreement to the applicant's formal claim before starting work on site. Now, it's key to remember that for all of these instances, the exemptions must be applied for before development starts. Otherwise, the charging authority will impose a surcharge equal to 20% of the notional chargeable amount capped at £2,500. Uh, where the levy liability is calculated to be less than £50, then usually the chargeable amount will be deemed a zero, so no, no levy will be due. Uh, if any mezzanine floors are proposed to be inserted in an existing building, they would also typically be exempt from a levy charge unless they form part of a wider planning permission that is proposing other works as well. Now, who is liable to pay this levy? Uh, landowners are ultimately the liable party for the levy, but anyone involved in a development may take the liability to pay. If no one assumes liability, then the levy is automatically defaulted to the landowner. Now, the levy may also be payable on permitted development, given that it exceeds the minimum criteria outlined earlier, which is if it's above 100 square metres of um, net internal area. If a planning permission is phased, um, each phase of the development will be treated as if it were a separate chargeable development. So when it comes to the levy, it can result in some phases being liable to pay higher or lower seal charges than others. So to balance the charges 
for these um, different phases. The applicant can apply for what's called a phased credits um, using fill form um, 14. Now, failure to pay will result in the collecting authority issuing a community infrastructure levy stop notice, prohibiting any development from continuing until payment is made and until the stop notice is withdrawn from the local authority. Now, the collecting authority can also apply to the courts to make the liability order allow them to seize and sell the assets of the liable party or even send the liable party to prison. So make sure that that doesn't happen. Um, What happens um, if you've had a planning permission granted before seal measures were imposed, but you wish to make a change through variation of condition application after seal has been introduced? Well, in that scenario, seal should not be charged for the development already permitted before seal was imposed, but the changes made when seal was imposed will be subject to the levy. So this is typically known as a transitional case. The chargeable amount for such a transitional case will typically be calculated by deducting what would have been the chargeable amount for the earlier pre-seal permission had it been subject to the levy from the chargeable amount for the new seal permission. So what is this seal charge money actually used for? Uh, The levy money can typically be used to fund um, infrastructure, which includes um, transport, flood defences, schools, hospitals, uh, any other health and social care facilities, play areas, open spaces, parks, green spaces, cultural and sports facilities, healthcare facilities, academies, and so on. Uh, and it can also be used to increase or repair existing infrastructure. Uh, applicants also have the ability to appeal against the levy charge, actually, by asking the levy collecting authority to review the chargeable amount. Uh, and this has to be done within 28 days from the date the liability notice was issued. And then the collecting authority will have to review um, the amount that they've given the applicant to pay. Uh, A decision then must be given from the collecting authority within 14 days. And if the applicant still doesn't agree, they they can submit an appeal to the valuation office agency. So to sum up, It's very important to highlight how um, important the community infrastructure levy is because failure to meet the community infrastructure levy criteria uh, can result in penalties and fines being imposed to the applicant by the local authority. So just to reiterate, um, SIL is a mandatory planning charge used by local authorities to improve Uh, transport, flood defences, schools, hospitals, green spaces, leisure facilities and so on. And each authority has the flexibility to choose what infrastructure they want to deliver uh, relevant to their uh, local plan. Now when applying for a planning application, the applicant is expected to fill in the necessary forms 
to provide the charging authority with the necessary information that they need to estimate the charge amount and if the development is liable to pay SIL. A development is usually exempt from the levy if it is a minor development under 100 square meters, it's a residential annex or extension, a self-built development, social housing, a charitable development or is eligible for exemption under exceptional circumstances. The landowner is typically liable for payment and failure to do so can result in the collecting authority enforcing a stop notice or taking the applicant to court. So it's very vital to uh, advise your clients to issue the commencement notice as soon as work starts and to pay the seal charges on time to avoid any added interest and penalties from the local authority. And that's all for today. If you would like to get in contact with me, please feel free to email me on the address provided in the show notes. Thank you so much for listening. This is an educational show aimed at supporting the future generation of architects. The information, opinions and recommendations presented in this podcast are for general information only and any reliance on the information provided in this podcast is done at your own risk. Please join me next week for some more part three with me time.